Palm is back and available on Verizon. Palm is a small practical companion device that syncs with your existing smartphone, so all your info is seamlessly connected. Palm isn't a replacement for your smartphone, but it has all the same mobility and capability, allowing you to leave your smartphone behind so you can focus on what's in front of you. Go to palm.com to learn more and run to your nearest Verizon store to check out Palm for yourself. That's P-A-L-M dot com. This holiday season, Earwolf wants to spread some cheer. Cheerwolf, if you will. We've got special episodes all over the network just for you. All kinds of friends of mine doing really cool stuff, man. Check out a very special Improv for Humans episode called Best of the Bible. Sean and Hayes hit the slopes with Adam Pally on a very festive episode of Hollywood Handbook. Marissa and Lister get a special listener call in with a heartfelt proposal on Womp It Up. Cannot go wrong with Womp It Up. Followed by the Christmas Wompatacular released from behind the paywall. Also, Beautiful Anonymous, we got our New Year's resolutions episode coming out. And if that's not enough, check out even more special holiday apps from Comedy Bang Bang. How did this get made? Getting Curious, Who Charted, and Freedom. Happy holidays, happy listening, and a merry cheerwolf to all. Hello, and Merry Christmas to all my Wiccans, Pagans, and Satanists. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one, I think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Hello everybody, Chris Gathered here, welcoming you to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. Hey, Merry Christmas! The release date of this episode is 12 18 not everybody's listening to it on Christmas. Some of you guys are. Just want to say happy holidays. If you uh, if you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. If you don't, happy holidays in general. I have to imagine that if you are listening on Christmas and you're a beautiful and honest fan, maybe you're a little stressed out. Maybe you just need a little reprieve from all the holiday craziness. So this is an hour where I'm happy to be with you on your holiday, providing just an hour of uh, you having some solitary time with a nice laid-back phone call. Speaking of phone calls, last week's episode was the uh, 28-year-old guy who's in college. I had a lot of fun. I got to say, one of the comments made me laugh so hard. Someone in the Facebook group, Beautiful Anonymous, the community, said, thought I tuned into Beautiful Anonymous. Turns out I accidentally listened to an episode of Car Talk. There was a lot of car talk that episode. That one made me laugh out loud. Want to let you know some things we have coming up. Uh, our final episode of the beautiful follow-up series we're doing on Stitcher Premium, that is out on Friday. It's a very special one. Stitcherpremium.com slash stories. Use the promo code stories. You get a free month. You can now binge them all starting Friday. They're all out there. We got a double episode. We got OTL. You might remember this from years ago. OTL was in a relationship, really had found that he found his one true love. We get OTL and the one true love on the phone. We have a three-way call to follow up. That's a very fun call. So we're merging that with a 15-minute bonus follow-up, one of the more intense calls we've ever had. Prison bound. That's right. The caller who was about to go to federal prison, we talked to her in federal prison. It is a very intense 15 minutes. That's how long you're allowed to talk on a federal prison payphone. You have got to hear it. You get a twofer. That's my Christmas present to you, a twofer on the beautiful follow-ups. Next week on Tuesday, you're going to hear we're doing, uh, we're making it an annual tradition. The New Year's resolutions episode asked a ton of you guys to call in with your New Year's resolutions. So that will be next week's episode as we kick off the new year right. 
And uh, thank you for this year. I want to say it so genuinely. Thanks to everybody who called, everybody who listened, and all, especially everybody who I got to meet out there on the road. I go and do these appearances, whether it's stand-up or book signings or beautiful anonymous tapings, and you guys come out, you say hello. I am so, so lucky that I get to do this gig that brings all of you guys into my life. I mean it. It's nice. You guys give good hugs. All right, this week's episode, uh, we followed up with someone from last year's New Year's resolution episode. Jared had that idea. thought it was a great one. Somebody who left a New Year's resolution last year. We're going to hear how 2018 treated them. And I'm so thrilled that this is our Christmas episode because we descend into a conversation where I actually personally uh, talk about Satan. Satanism comes up on our Christmas episode, which is very appropriate for me and for this show. And what a way to end a great year. Thank you guys so much for listening and having my back. Enjoy. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? 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 Hi, how are you? Um, who is this? My name's Chris Gethard. I'm a, a podcaster. I was trying to reach someone I'd spoken to before, but I think I may have dialed the wrong number. Um, it's a good possibility. Um, who are you looking for? I'm looking for a young lady who uh, last year called my podcast and told me she was planning on coming out of the closet to her family, and we were going to call and see how it went. And we had organized the call. Oh, yeah. I'm, she might have a diff, different number, though, man. Yeah. Um, but you're good. I'm getting that sense. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. That's good. Anything you want to talk about? Uh, no. All right. All right. Oh, did he hang up finally? That's good. That's good. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good, but we, I tell you what, we just mixed up a couple digits in your number. We tried. Oh, you're fine. We called some dude, <laughs> and he uh, is very confused. <laughs> He's very confused. <laughs> sounded like he might have been a little stoned. <laughs> That's funny. My sister's uh, phone number is just a couple of digits off, too, so that oh. would have been funny if you called her. That would have been wild. <laughs> been wild. But, yeah, he was. I was like, hi, and he's like, hello, and I was like, yeah, hi. He's like, what, what's going on? I was like, I'm trying to reach somebody who I talked to on my podcast a year ago, and he's like, oh, who is it? And I was like, well, it was someone who mentioned to me that they were planning on coming out to their family and he's like, that's not me, man. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, I figured that out. I figured that out, dude. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But it's I, now I think we're on the line with the right person. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like me. How are you? I'm good. How are you? How was your year? I'm, uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. good. Yeah. Feeling good. It's been a crazy year. It's funny because... We've been doing all these follow-up calls, and this is not quite that because uh, we, you and I talked for like a minute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I feel like we're coming in fresh. 
Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we talked for a minute, and then the phone cut out, so you called me back. Mm-hmm. And then apologized for the phone cutting out. Sounds like me. And that was it. All yep. right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, now, a year later, we get to talk, and there's a whole year of things that have happened. I can't wait to hear about them. Where yeah, should, where so should think, we begin? I think this is actually the first year that I uh, fulfilled my New Year's resolution. All right. So there's that. How did it well, go? I didn't really, well, I didn't really, like, technically come out to my family because I think coming out is weird. Uh, <laughs> I don't really think it's necessary. It's like I wouldn't take a male, so I'm a female, so I wouldn't take a male partner to my family's house and be like, oh, I'm dating men. So mm-hmm. I just uh, brought my partner to my um, nephew's birthday party and introduced her just by her name. And then everybody just kind of assumed and I didn't really have to come out to anybody in my family because they all kind of knew, but um, we had to come out to people in her family. So that was, that was fun. Like her parents knew, but not the immediate family or the like grandparents and the aunts and uncles and stuff. Right. Right. So, yeah. So how, yeah. So that was interesting. And, uh, I, I, if I remember right, I think you had said you were a little worried about your dad's reaction when last we spoke. Yeah. How'd that turn Yeah, out? that was, it wasn't good. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my dad was at the party and he just kind of like, he talked to my partner and everything. Um, but then just like, cause I'm, I'm not super close to my dad. I used to be growing up. Um, but he's kind of been distant throughout the years. So we were trying to all reconnect when my nephew was born. And then, yeah, he like talked to my partner and like this past year we tried to do father's day stuff with him and everything, but just the things he posts on Facebook and, um, he's like a huge Trump supporter and, uh, doesn't really agree with LGBTQ community stuff. And, um, yeah, it's like, he will bash me just like on Facebook, like he'll post things like saying, Oh, I love my daughters. And then, uh, we call that Facebook fake. So he's really Facebook fake, but then on anything I post, he'll respond to it and then say like, Oh, well, now I'm like sad. Like you're hurting my feelings. Like you never come see me or talk to me. And we're like, what are you even saying? So it's like, you're bashing me in my community. And yeah. So yeah, I just decided to cut ties with them. Oh no. That's the opposite of what I was hoping for. <laughs> we followed yeah. up with you. But that was for the best. Yeah. Because if you kept the ties, then it'll be more stress and Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I get that. You gotta you gotta you know you gotta live a happy life and a stress free life and, and define what drama you want to include for yourself, but I'm very sorry yeah. to hear that. Yeah, it's all right. I still hang out. So like his, both of his parents um, passed away and like, I was really close to both of them. So after they passed away, like it's not as difficult to kind of cut ties with him. Um, but I'm still close to like my aunts and uncles and stuff on that side of the family. 
and we're doing like Christmas tomorrow with my, mm-hmm. like with that side of the family and my dad hasn't been invited for years. So yeah. the whole, yeah, the whole family is kind of. So this, this is not you and he in a vacuum. This, this guy maybe has, there's some drama that extends in different directions too, it sounds like. Yeah, correct. That's a shame. Yeah. Can I ask you, so, I mean, I think that answers it. It, sound, it sounds like, like we just said, there's maybe some drama that, that follows. Do you think it would have been as bad if Facebook wasn't involved? It's a thing I've been thinking about a lot lately. Yeah, I feel like if Facebook wasn't involved, I just wouldn't have spoken to him since I was like 12 years old. Oh, wow. So yeah. You, so Facebook uh, kept the ball in the air that maybe you would have been able to maintain something at all and then ultimately proved an undoing because of his behavior. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember when I graduated high school, because I graduated high school in 2012, and my mom had to call my dad and because they're separated, um, and like beg him to go, and he like showed up and then like immediately left after, and it was the same thing when I graduated college in 2016. So my mom called him and begged him and was like, it would be really great if you showed up. Cause I was the first person in my um, whole family to ever graduate college. So it was like a huge deal. And like, I had family coming up, like my aunts and uncles from different parts of the country or di- yeah, different parts of the country. And uh, he just couldn't drive 30 minutes to my college to come right. see me graduate. So it's like stuff like that. Yeah. So this one isn't Zuckerberg's fault. This is not this is not social media ripping us asunder as a society, as I saw it in my mind. This is this is a long standing series of issues. Yep. Yeah. But you are you happier now? Do you feel happy? happy? Oh yeah. Good. Good. Yeah, really. I know my partner still tries to get me to connect with my dad and stuff, because they have things in common. Because my partner's super open and like we'll talk to anybody about anything very extrovert and I'm complete opposite, like super introvert, don't want to socialize, just want to go to a party and eat food. And that's all I want to do. Like, I don't want to talk to anybody about any of their beliefs unless like I know them pretty much. Uh, Or like face-to-face conversations really give me anxiety. Like I freak out. You and me both. You and me both. Yeah. I'm good on the phone, but God forbid we can make eye contact. My partner can do that and she can talk to anybody like we have. Um, so I, this past year I moved in with my partner. Um, so he came out to my family kind of, if you can call it that, they just accepted me um, and then came out to her family and then we moved in together. So we have a house and two dogs and right now her uh, sister lives with us and her childhood pet's friend. So it's like four women living in the same house and her sister's dog. So we have three dogs and four women in this tiny little house, which is insane. Um, but our neighbor is like the biggest, uh, like stereotypical redneck, essentially. Like he goes hunting all the time and like huge Trump supporter blares his country music, has this giant man cave in the, uh, in his backyard. And my partner will go and talk to them, and they are best friends. So, like, I was a little, like, iffy about him at first. 
because I was like, oh my gosh, does he know that we are, we're a thing? So when I came over and first met him, he was like, oh, just so you know, like, I, I know that you guys, you guys are a thing and I don't understand it, but I mean, you guys are cool. So we'll just like sit across the fence and just talk to each other. And it's just like, he's the coolest. And like, we got a pride flag for, um, this past June to hang up and like, so most, my partner and I are very short and we couldn't really get the flagpole to hang on the side of the house. So he came over and he's like, like I said, like this big burly redneck uh, guy. And he's like hanging up our pride flag and everyone in our neighborhood is like, what is going on? So it's just like, like the whole, you can't read a book by the cover thing. Cause the friendship that we have with him is just the funniest thing in the world. And he'll come over and like fix things and in the house and we'll just like pay him in a case of beer. And it's just like, okay. <laughs> I love that story. Yeah. Did yeah. he, now was he aware of the cultural significance of the pride flag as he was hanging it? Yes. So there were cracks yes. being made. Does he say yep. things? Is he like, ah, oh. The boys down at the shop knew I was doing this. They were giving me shit. Is are there things like that being said? Yeah, and then there was one. Um, he was like, "Oh, the only flag I'll hang on my house is an American flag, but there's the pride flag that looks like an American flag." So we like showed him that. We're like, "Oh, we're gonna buy you this to thank you for your troubles," and he was like, "I'm not hanging that up." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do think it's funny, though, that you listed a stereotypical redneck side having a man cave as a sign of a red. I think there's a lot of non, I think there's a lot of people who uh, aren't the traditional rednecks who still have a, a sweet ass big screen in the basement. Is a man cave? Well, this thing, it's not, it's outside and it's like, it's not attached to the house. It's like he build, <laughs> built this deck outside that has this like a big ceiling fan. Um, I think there's a kegerator in there. It has a bar, like a flat screen TV, uh, dartboard and everything. And like he shoots his guns and stuff and like his bow and arrow. And like, he has like a little target thing back there. And I'm like, what is, <laughs> yeah, that's, it's the craziest thing. Yeah. That's a lot different than my dad watching Steven Seagal movies in the basement once in a while. Nope. This is outdoors. I love and it. And all types of weathers, he, he's out there. I love it. Yeah. So, it's so fun. So in 2018, you, you lost touch with your dad, but you uh, gained a new friend in the uh, agro, ultra-masculine, redneck-identifying yeah. neighbor who has become your de facto handyman. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, he's a great dude. Now you said you had the more uh, like a more formal coming out to your partner's family. Yeah, so my partner is Catholic, mm -hmm. um, and like I think the story goes like she didn't really come out to her family. Like she came out to her immediate family, but like her sister was the one that kind of told her mom or something like that. Like. Her sister was upset about something and her mom was asking her sister what was wrong. And then her mom was like, oh, is so-and-so gay? And she, like, her sister just didn't say anything. So then her mom kind of knew. Um, and, like, if you look at her stereotypically, you can 
just assume that she would be gay. Uh, so it's just funny that like she, she thinks it's surprising when people guess that she's gay, which I'm like, I don't think it's surprising at all. Cause I knew the second I met you, but okay. <laughs> so like her, I think her immediate family kind of knew, um, but her, uh, grandfather is the one that she was really nervous to tell. And that, that was Pap and he lives in Michigan and he's like Polish Catholic and like very, like goes to church all the time. And, um, like very, very Catholic. And she just, she was like terrified to tell him. And I was going up there and I was like, okay, well, like I've met him multiple times. Um, he's come down to where we live. I've gone up there at the moment. I was just the roommate that like we share a bedroom. So I was like, okay, well, like obviously it's clear that I'm not just a roommate. So you should just like come clean and like tell him. And so she called him up and was like, Oh, well, so-and-so is not just my, my friend or my roommate. Um, she's my girlfriend. And he was just like, Oh, really? And like, he's like, Oh, well, I love you just the same and all this stuff. And then at the very end, he was like, you know, I'll pray for you. So it was like one of those things that like, he doesn't really agree, but he's accepting of her, which is really great because he's like a great dude. Um, but the funniest part is when she was like trying to come out to him, he was like, yeah, I only know, uh, two gay couples. So there's these, this lesbian couple that are really great and they're super rich and really well off. So you can end up like them where there are these two gay guys that like got really bad into drugs and they overdosed. And I'm like, um, I don't think that's, that's Yep, so either we're going to be really rich or overdose on drugs, apparently, is what her grandpa thinks. So, I guess that's what he thinks that gays do. So, well, his, 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 uh, his, his knowledge and understanding of the gay community is clearly a grass, seemingly a grassroots effort that will happen one couple's personal experience (laughs) at a time. And that will come to define the borders of an entire portion of society. Yeah. Yeah. But like her family's still super traditional and like she's very close to her family. I have like this crazy broken family that's so many half siblings and I only have one full blooded sibling, but five sisters and like this crazy family that I just don't feel the need to tell everybody every little detail of my life. But she's like the kind of person that's like, oh, now we have to tell this person we can't post this thing on Instagram because this person doesn't know that I'm dating a female. So it's very, it's difficult, but it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And how's it, and and uh, just doing the math in my head of when you graduated school, it sounds like you're in your mid-20s. Uh, yeah. Unless you held back a couple years. So how what's it like the uh, first year so this is the first this is the first year that you've uh totally totally just said let's let our guards down let this just be part of what people know about us from from the outset it's got to be yeah. it's got to be an interesting change yeah 
Yeah, it's wild. And like a lot of my friends, they're, they were very taken aback, I guess, because um, I dated a male for almost five years and everybody thought we were going to get married. And it was like this like big deal when we broke up because it just came out of nowhere because we were like the perfect couple, never fought, never did any of that. Um, and everybody was just shocked. And I can't like... I came out to him probably our second year of dating that I was, I identify as queer. So I was like, Oh, I'm interested in pretty much everybody that's a human. Um, it's just like personality based is what I'm interested in. So when we broke up, like everybody like freaked out. And then I had like my crazy slutty year, I guess, uh, which then, everyone kind of knew me by that which was wild and then I just like settled down people were like what is up with you he's like you're you dated this guy for like five years and then you like go and you sleep around and you have like all these other partners with all these different like genders and everything and then you like you are now pretty much domesticated with the female and all this stuff I'm like yep that's me yep you're like <laughs> welcome to 2018 <laughs> things have changed Let's everybody take a deep breath and realize that this is the world and that yeah. it's fine. Yeah, and everybody's just so confused. I was like, I don't have to explain anything to anybody. I was like, I have some stories. If anybody wants to hear the stories. <laughs> which, which I do, which I do. Um, but so your your ex-partner who you dated for five years that, so he was aware that this he he did not feel blindsided. He did not feel like he'd been living a lie. You had been upfront and said, "Hey, so just so you know, this is where my head's at." Yeah, and he was the only one that I told until I really came out to my family, like bringing my current partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you still in touch with that guy at all, or no? No, yeah, which is wild because we were best friends. Let's go ahead and pause right there. Why? Because we have to pause at some point. We got ads. We got ads to bring you guys. And hey, if it's Christmas Day. If there's one thing we're all aware of on this day, it's that commercialism is real. So let's hear some ads, all right? We got sponsors. They got promo codes. When you use the promo codes, it makes the show look real good. So check them out. Maybe you need a late holiday gift. Maybe one of these things will fit the bill. We'll be right back with more Beautiful Anonymous. On the hunt for healthy eating... Never mind the latest fad diet, what your favorite celebrity isn't eating today. Sun Basket helps you get healthy, delicious meals on the table every day. Sun Basket makes it easy and convenient to cook healthy, delicious meals at home. No matter how much experience you have in the kitchen, just go to the Sun Basket app, pick from 18 weekly recipes, easily cook dishes like Thai turkey lettuce cups. Doesn't that sound good? I've, I've used their... Uh, their, uh, their, veg- their vegan stuff. Look at that. It's really good. They make it easy. The packaging is so simple. You know exactly what you're dealing with. They got paleo, gluten-free, lean and clean, Mediterranean family options. I mentioned the vegan options and so many more. Sun Basket works with the best farms and suppliers to bring you fresh organic produce and responsibly raised meats and seafood. And the best part, it's quick and easy. With Sun Basket, everything's delivered to your door with easy-to-follow recipes. Meals are ready to whip up in as little as 15 minutes. 
No grocery shopping required. There's something for everyone, so you can be your own kind of healthy. I've used it, like I mentioned. I like it. I tell you what, too, I'm not much of a cook. I barely ever cook. I find it very intimidating. Always have. I've used some basket. They make it easy. It's, it's, I tell you, it's the only thing. They they give you those uh, recipes, and, and they estimate how long it's going to take. And I've actually had some of those come in less than the time they said. That's how easy they make it, that even I can get ahead of the curve on that. And that's a uh, stunning endorsement, I would say, if you know my inability to cook in general. Tastes good, too. Go to sunbasket.com slash beautiful today to learn more and get $35 off your first order. That's sunbasket.com slash beautiful. You get 35 bucks off sunbasket.com slash beautiful. Thanks again to all of our sponsors. Now let's get back to the phone call. You still in touch with that guy at all or no? No. Yeah, which is wild because we were best friends. And it was just like, he started dating somebody else. I didn't like that person. Um, And then that person didn't like me and then pretty much made us cut ties. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, which is sad. Um, But about about two years ago, I guess, I got him a job as a tattoo artist. And I went to go see him last year. Or no, I guess that was two years ago because it was when he was first starting. And he gave me a tattoo. And that was like the last I talked to him. Wow. So you have a permanent <laughs> reminder of your of your past with this guy. Yeah. But now I would love <laughs> I'm going to assume I'm going to assume the tattoo is like something uh meaningful or maybe just even something like a visual and artistic that only you know the private meaning of or the backstory. I would love if it was a historically bad tattoo, like if it was like uh you know, if it was like uh Calvin pissing on something or you know, um something from an Asian alphabet that you didn't research enough and it actually has a double meaning that's humiliating. <laughs> Is there any chance that it's a really bad tattoo that is a testament to your former half decade of companionship? No, unfortunately. It's actually really sweet. I know. It's a really sweet tattoo. Hoping it would be one of the minions or something like that. Yeah, I just got a minion. I, I I really want. I told him that I wanted to get an ass tat, and he was like, no. (laughs) And he was like, no, I'm not doing that. I was like, come on. Like, we dated for so long. Why can't you do that? <laughs> so you, you got something meaningful instead. I guess that's better. Yeah. Yeah. Now, can I ask a potentially insensitive question? Yeah. There are people who are listening who might be going, and, and I'm interested to just hear your take on it. There's some people who are listening who I who I would bet are maybe thinking to themselves, or, or wondering themselves, well, you said you were queer and you were interested in people of all types, but maybe n- now that you're out of the relationship with a guy that looks more traditional on the surface and you're dating a woman, are you are you just a lesbian now? And th- I think that's a, uh, I wonder, is it something that you feel like you were sorting things out and you've now settled into something that feels more natural or do you still identify as like, no, I'm attracted to everybody? No, I'm definitely still attracted to everybody. Um, I feel like if my current partner and I were to like ever split up, um, I would probably stick to women, like as like holding a long term term relationship for a while. But it's really just like personality wise, like whoever comes along. I think like, that's cool. Yeah, it's just yep. That's 
about it. <laughs> I think that's cool. And I'm glad I asked because that, that's the stereotype, right? That's the stereotype is that yeah. you like, you date in something that looks a little bit more like what you uh, see on, on TV and movies growing up. And then as you get more comfortable with yourself, you start to say, oh, well, maybe I'm this or maybe I'm that. And then that's, that's I think, what a lot of people have in their heads. But I don't think that that's, uh, I, I think that's some people's stories, but I don't think that's a real story anymore. I think, uh, I th- I think we're heading towards a world where you can just go, yeah, this is what I'm feeling. And even if you go, and a month from now, I might feel differently, and that's going to be okay too. It's a pretty cool world. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird because we met on the dating app Bumble, Mm -hmm. and, like, she gets super embarrassed by telling people that, and I don't know why because I was like, dude, that's literally being a female trying to meet (laughs) other people. Like, if I would go to a bar... Because I, I look pretty femme, but, like, I would go to a bar and try to hit on a female and be like, oh, like, that's a really nice outfit. Be like, oh, thank you. I got it at Target. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm trying to flirt with you. I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, just compliment your outfit. Like, I'm trying to, you know, flirt. So it, it's difficult, like, female um, to female relationships, uh, unless you go to, like, a gay bar or something. But right. Is it's Bumble so hard to find? Is Bumble the app where the female has to initiate contact if it's if it's between mm-hmm. men and women? It is, right? Yes. That's and then women, women, it's whichever one wants to initiate first. Yeah. Wow. I I I don't. I think I've mentioned this on the show before. I was a. There was online dating. There were there were websites. Um, when I was single, but I never did, you know, being a comedian, you just kind of do shows and bounce around and you're always running up in bars and you meet people. And, and especially me, I'm not a very confident person. Anyone who listens to this show has heard the many layers of my self-esteem issues unfold over (laughs) and over again to the point. Can I mention, let me mention, Jared, I haven't even mentioned this to you. I've now talked on the show enough about how I'm insecure about my looks and that my wife like will pump me up and doesn't like that. I tell so many self-deprecating jokes and I found I've kind of fucked myself as a comedian because now I do shows and there's beautiful anonymous fans there and they don't, they like boo the self-deprecating. I hear them going, like no when I get self-deprecating and I'm like oh no this is like my whole career this is my that's the money maker (laughs) me making these jokes um but yeah the apps were not a thing when I was single and there's a part of me that's so mad about I mean there's a part of me that's like thank god because I would have spent my whole life playing a video game with my dating life but there's a part of me I would have been the king of the apps if all you have to do is give a uh Couple witty, couple witty back and forth things to entice someone, and you don't have to actually like see their reaction in person or make eye contact while you do it. I would have crushed that. That's built yeah, for me. It's the best. Yeah, you like the apps. Mm-hmm. Did you have go to lines? Did you have go to uh, openers, as they say? No. Nah, you never. Can't. Case by case, <laughs> human by human, just like your overall dating life. Let me treat yep. this as an individual. Who I'll yeah, express my if, attraction to. If you, if somebody had like um, a cool photo or like a dog in their photo, or if they were on a boat, I would open with like, oh, like, do you like to be on the water a lot, or do you, is that your dog or is that your friend or something like that? So yeah, yeah I guess it would case by case, but you just go with like an open and honest question that demonstrates interest in something they've tried to display publicly. That's a good strategy. Yep. 
I would have been there like, hey, I don't look like much, but I'm really fucking funny. Let's hang out. I'll make you laugh. That would have been my, I would have said shit like that. Yeah, that would have been good. I think that would have worked. Who knows? But if I was on those apps when I was in 2012, when I was already, I was having my year of uh, sleeping around, 2011, 2012. If I was on those apps and when I was living in Brooklyn doing all those shows in Brooklyn, oh my God, my life would have been over. It would have been over. <laughs> Wouldn't have been good for this guy. <laughs> So what else? Yeah, it's like, so like when I tell people, look, she doesn't like saying that we met on the dating app, but when we met, we realized we have so many friends in common. Our mutual friends like play in the same bands with each other. So we were like always at the same bars at the same time, like watching the same bands. We would study at the same coffee shop in college and like everything was the same. And we're like, how did we not meet each other? So that's why she's just like, don't tell people we met online. That's just stupid. Uh, and I'm like, well, I think it's hilarious. And her roommate in college was one of my friends from high school. So I would go and eat dinner with that friend from high school. And I had no idea that they were roommates. Like we never actually met until the dating app. So so your partner feels like this was meant to be and we have to embrace the fact that this is a story where we had all these common connections and it was just meant to work out and wants to yeah. just conveniently not give Bumble the credit they deserve in facilitating <laughs> that. Pretty much, yep. Have you ever said to your partner, don't you think Bumble deserves a little bit of a pat on the back? Story of hope for others. What if we revealed right now that this whole episode was secretly sponsored by Bumble? <laughs> Secret that Bumble sponsorship. <laughs> We can't get that I was like, Bumble well, maybe cash. we can just write into Bumble, and then you know we'd get a bunch of money and pay off our student loans, and then we wouldn't have to worry about that. Ooh! If anyone from <laughs> Bumble's listening and wants to uh, pay off the student loans of this couple that met via your app, let me know. I'll facilitate it. Yeah, because uh, she's she's a high school teacher, and I'm an artist. So. Oh, good luck yeah, with that. <laughs> That's weird that you have other roommates. <laughs> It's weird yeah. that you have multiple roommates. What did you say? You have two other roommates besides you guys? Yeah, two. Yeah, artist and a high school teacher. Yep, you're going to need two roommates. <laughs> it's the world we're living in, in this gig economy. Yeah, yeah. Where everybody can have four jobs and none of them actually pay your mortgage. I know. And I'm like, I, I work in a factory, like in my field, um, ceramic factory. And I also teach like ceramic and printmaking and everything at a nonprofit. And I'm like, still don't have enough to like pay my actual bills. Like my student loan payment is four times my Oof, rent a month. That's nuts. <laughs> We're living in a backwards society. This is why yeah. we need the socialists to take over. People are going to get mad that I just said that. <laughs> You know, someone, I just did an interview uh, with a friend of mine from Vulture who he said he thinks the reason I have a cult following as a comedian is because I was an early poster child of the gig economy, saying that the world has watched me be mildly successful at like six different careers. And that echoes a lot of people's real life experiences (laughs) in their lives right now. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm, I'm starting up my own studio thing right now, so then that would put me at three. The hustle, the grind. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. do ceramics. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> and 
how does this work? You're an artist in ceramics. Does this mean you're making art for display, like for potential gallery sales, or is ceramics a form of art that's a little bit more based in the utilitarian in that you will make items people can have in their homes that serve an actual function and use that also happen to double as your art? Go. Um, yeah, pretty much all of it. Mm-hmm. So I specialize in tile. So I love making tile and screen printing on tile. So I use a lot of imagery that I take from like old magazines from the 50s, like women in like cleaning magazine, like cleaning advertisements. And I put them in a different position other than like cleaning. Um, And I make them, uh, I give them another job to do that they may actually enjoy. Or just like, it's pretty much like empowering women uh, with my work. And, like, I'll make collages with those images and screen print them on tile. Um, so I'll sell that work and, like, tile different backsplashes and stuff or just, like, sell individual tiles and do some street art with it. Um, and then I still make, like, mugs and everything and, like, plates that people buy. So it's, like, functional wares that people can do. So it is fair to say that as an art, if you had to define yourself in one phrase as an artist, you are a a maker of feminist tiles. Yeah. I love yeah. that. I love that. And are there people, do you, are there people who have contracted you to do a whole wall in their home where there's an entire shower that is full of imagery born of your oh, tile no. work? Not a full shower. That would be crazy. Cause I hand make all my tiles, oh, like yeah. hand roll them and everything. So that would have to be um, an extraordinarily rich person with a vision for their <laughs> bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. You dream, um, you're dream. I hear you wistfully dreaming of that rich person coming along in your life. I know. So if any listeners, you know, want any of that stuff, you know, hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you'll find me, but you know. yeah. Yeah. Although, are there many feminist tile makers in the world? I don't know. Oh, do I you- taught one of my favorite artists in the history, like my actual favorite artist ever. Like not favorite living artist, favorite anything like my favorite artist i taught her how to screen print on tile were you fangirling out the whole time did you have to contain yourself oh oh yes yeah well when i met her it was in new york city i went to a gallery show and i didn't know she'd be there and she came up to talk to me and i just immediately started crying really and she still and she still opted to hang out with you yeah well she started hugging me and she started telling me a story about like how one of her best friends, every single time they go see a movie, her best friend cries during the movie the whole time. doesn't matter what type of movie it is. Wow. And I was just like, oh, thanks for making me feel better for crying in front of you and making me look like a fool. But yeah. Um, and then like she asked me what I did. I was a student at the time. And I was like, oh, I screen print on ceramics. And she was like, oh, like I've been wanting to learn how to do that. Like, can you teach me? And she took my phone and put her contact information in it. And now we're friends. Damn, that's the yeah. dream. Yeah. That's the dream. Yep. When yeah. pe- I, I will sometimes have people cry when they meet me, and it's always very flattering, and I always crumble into, <laughs> I don't hug or, or speak, I just crumble into feeling um, half flattered that my work has had an effect and half so ashamed that I make people cry, and that, that seems yeah. sad. yeah hard yeah see i would probably cry if i met you but it's just because i don't know what else to do 
That's often. I just cry when I meet people. Hey, this, <laughs> just like, uh, that's very uncomfortable. Like, there are times where I'll be at a restaurant and I can't even order my meal. Because I'm just like, I don't want to talk to anybody right now. I'll just point to something on the menu. Yeah. They're like, oh, anything else? And I just shake my head. I'm like, mm-hmm, good. I know that feeling. <laughs> I know that feeling. The last time I cried was on Sunday. It's Friday. 38-year-old male. This is, I'm not ashamed to tell you, I cried on Sunday. On Sunday. Oh, I think I cried this morning. Oh, nice. So you're one up on me. No, you're ahead of the curve. You're ahead of the curve on me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I woke up early this morning to make uh, winter solstice cookies. Really? Yeah. Do you yeah, sell are you, solstice tonight? Are you a Wiccan? Yep. Are you a Wiccan? Do you follow? No. Pagan. Okay. Oh, pagan. Yeah, pagan. These, yeah. Now, these are things yeah. I think that are, I won't say the same, and I don't know enough to to uh, even note the similarities, but I get the sense those are in the same corners of the world. I would imagine Wiccans and pagans might get along. Yeah, yeah, they do. And I mean, there are so many, so like, if you say pagan, this is how I take it. There, it's such an old, like, old religion. It is the old religion, and um, there's not much written about it because a lot of stuff was burned and everything is kind of like passed down from family to family. So even people who are listening now who are pagan or Wiccan will be like, no, that's not correct. And I'll be like, well, it's also a different interpretation. But um, for me, like saying you're pagan is like saying you're Christian. And then Wiccan would be like, oh, I'm Catholic. So it's like Catholics are Christians, but Christians aren't Catholic kind of thing. So so pagan is the larger umbrella that contains... Now, what else besides Wiccanism would fall under the pagan umbrella? Are there other subcategories that I might not realize are part of this pagan family tree? I know that there's, like, there's certain... So, like, if you're pagan, you can choose, like, what you follow. So you can, like, practice witchcraft or you don't have to practice witchcraft. Um... So that can follow follow fall under it. Um, there's um, Satanists, like oh, Satan worshippers. The Satanists um, qualify in the pagan family. Of yeah, religion. there's just like a bunch of different, and then like a lot of pagans don't believe in Satan or demons or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's just all kind of in the same realm, I guess. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's all pagan. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I just say, like, I'm just pagan and um, just practice witchcraft, and that's just what I do. Now, I've read up on it, and it sounds to me like Satanism might get a bad rap. It sounds like Satanism as a religion isn't even really about the traditional Christian concept of Satan. It's more about shock and throwing it in people's faces, and that Satanism actually seems to be a little bit more of, like, promoting individuality versus... It seems to me like there's certain thoughts on Satanism where people would promote it as this is a religion that aims to break anything that resembles like a cult-like flock mentality where you go along with a herd and you constantly think for yourself and about yourself in a way that is selfish in a healthy way. But it also merges it with a lot of ceremonies that sometimes look at things like uh, sex as a religious ceremony and things like that and things that might be a little bit outside the norm to a traditional uh, Christian type. Yeah. And there and there are different like things in like being pagan. There are like sex rituals and like this morning um I don't see myself as a kitchen witch at all, which is a type of witchcraft and they like 
put spells in baked goods and they make cakes and all this stuff. And that's how they like um, make their potions, I guess, and share it with the world. So today I made uh, cookies for prosperity. Pause right there. Kitchen witch. I thought that was, isn't that also like a line of products, kitchen witch? I didn't know that was like an actual type of witch. Speaking of products, there are a lot of advertisers. They got products and services. You might be interested in them. Check them out. Use the promo codes if you're so inclined. We'll be right back and we'll finish off the phone call. What if 2019 was all about slowing down and being mindful? Imagine how many goals you could accomplish. That's why we're excited to partner with Calm, the number one app to help you meditate, sleep, and relax. Practices like meditation and prioritizing sleep can leave you feeling more rested, so you have the energy to go out and achieve your goals. If you head to calm.com slash beautiful, you'll get 25% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programs like guided meditations on issues like anxiety, stress, and focus, including a brand new meditation each day called the Daily Calm, Sleep stories, which are bedtime stories for adults, designed to help you relax before you doze off. Head to the lavender fields of France with Stephen Fry or explore New Zealand with Jerome Flynn from Game of Thrones. I'll tell you what, outside of this show, well before they ever advertise, you know who's a calm user? Sally, my mom, loves it, has brought it up to me independent of this show. And her opinion matters, really does. You can trust her. For a limited time, beautiful stories from anonymous people. Listeners get 25% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash beautiful. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash beautiful. Get unlimited access to all of Calm's content today at calm.com slash beautiful. Give yourself the gift of Calm and start 2019 off right. Thanks again to all of our sponsors. Now let's finish off the phone call. I don't see myself as a kitchen witch at all, which is a type of witchcraft. And they like put spells in baked goods and they make cakes and all this stuff. And that's how they like um, make their potions, I guess, and share it with the world. So today I made uh, cookies for prosperity. So I woke up at like five in the morning. I was like, yep, never going to be a kitchen witch. This is ridiculous. Like this is, I'm good with just like being a green witch, like just like planting things, like growing herbs and like burning sage and doing all that other stuff. But So you identify as a no green way. witch. Yeah. A green witch. So you use your relationship with earth and the things you can cultivate earth, yeah. from the earth as part of how you stay focused in a religious sense as well. Yeah. And then I go hiking and uh, do a lot of grounding. So I'll hike barefoot and um, just meditate and stuff outside. So this sounds pretty laid back. This is not a lot of people who, when you say you're a witch, some people might have an idea that you're getting together with a a group of women and that there's spells and and chants and some sinister undertone. There there are covens and stuff. I'm actually, yeah, I'm going, um, I'm celebrating with my mom tonight. We're, I don't think we're actually going to a coven. I think we're doing that tomorrow. But tonight we're doing a Yule log um, where we're carving into a log and burning it um, and bringing. So, like, we're saying goodbye to, like, the moon and, like, bringing back the sun because today's the longest night. Like, or it's the shortest day of the year, so it's the longest night. Um, so we're, like, welcoming the sun back. So your mom, your mom is a pagan as well? 
Wow. So were you raised pagan or is this something you've embraced? No, this is something that like I've dabbled in since I was a kid. And I finally was like open to my mom about it. And then because my mom would take us to church and everything growing up. And when I was open to my mom about it about two years ago, she was like, oh, yeah, I take tarot classes and stuff. And like, I actually practice. And I was like, oh, nice of you to tell me now, because we could have done it together. (laughs) Now, how do you feel the average Beautiful Anonymous listener is going to feel that we are we are just you know we're releasing this episode on Tuesday. It's it's Friday the twenty first. We'll be releasing this on Tuesday the twenty fifth, Christmas, and a lot of our listeners are going to take some time away from their families on Christmas. Step away, you know they'll have sweaters and stockings hung, and they'll be drinking eggnog mm-hmm. to listen to an episode where you promote um, paganism. And I at one point realized I said the words Satanism gets a bad rap, <laughs> and most people will be hearing this on Christmas. How do you think, what do you think the reaction will be? Well, Christmas was actually started from a pagan holiday. It's Preach. The Yule. Preach. So that's, yeah. And it's, I mean, they're like, if people actually research what Christmas is and people say like Yuletide and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, do you even know what that is? Like, that's a whole pagan thing. Like research what you're saying and um, don't like, be like, oh, pagans are crazy. Like, they're all witches and stuff. It's like, no, I don't think me hiking barefoot hurts you in any way. I'm just like meditating. I'm like, uh, okay, I'm just going to burn this candle. It's not harming you or anything. So, but now, because yeah. my, my understanding is that Christianity, part of why it spread was that it was pretty adaptable. And mm-hmm. a lot, my understanding is that, and, and this is a very rudimentary understanding is that, you know, Christian missionaries, they'd get to some place that hadn't seen Christianity before. Let's say they got to Ireland, where I think things were known to be, you know, very tribal and, and pagan and Kel- in that Celtic way. And then they get there and they're like, ah, this Christianity stuff, we see the benefits, we see what you guys are saying, but we got this thing called Sam Hain where we worship the dead and uh, we don't want to stop doing that. It's fun. We've been doing it since we were kids, man. And then the Christians would just go, well, you know what? Why don't we just keep that and we'll merge it with All Hallows' Eve and you take all mm-hmm. the all the dark stuff from that and then we keep doing that. But we just say that it's a mutually beneficial thing and we co-opt it into our thing. That happened a lot. Yeah. 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 And it's funny because like when the Christians would go – to other countries and have like their churches built a lot of pagans built the churches and they would carve like old pagan um symbols and stuff in it in the churches so like a lot of symbols that the christians have were taken from the pagans and it was all adapted uh all religions like If you read into all of them, they're all pretty much the same. They have, like, the same premise. Essentially, you just have different stories. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like this crazy thing. And um, the Christians pretty much invented the devil. So a lot of, like, old religion pagans, they never believed in the devil. They have, like, a lot of different gods and goddesses that they'll worship for different things and deities. But they don't, like, they never had a devil or any like bad things. So when the Christians came, they made the devil. So they were like, Oh, the pagans, like 
the witches, they believe in Satan and the devil and like he's bad, so you should come to Christ like Christianity. So that's how like they got a lot of Christians in. But it's like people are gonna believe what they're gonna believe. And we're all human and we don't even know what is true. It could just be one person one day they were just like, I'm bored and yeah, I'm just going to write this story. And then somebody else found it. It was like, oh my gosh, like I found this book that has all this stuff written in it. And that could have been started, like that could be the pagan tradition. And then that was like the pagan religion. That's what started all the other traditions. So it's like, how do we know we're just not here to procreate and do whatever and then leave this earth? And we don't know what's beyond. We're just like, whatever. So it's just practice what you want to and don't hate on people for practicing what they want to. As long as everybody gets along, I don't see an issue. So I'm on the phone currently with a, you identify as a queer, pagan, feminist tile maker. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. All right. All right. I feel like if we kept talking, we'd keep just being able to add other... So much, yeah. Yeah, what are, what are some of the other bullet points? Oh, gosh. Well, now that I said there's so much, I can't even think of anything. Um, I don't know. Oh, uh, when... Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I got nothing right now. That's fair. I'll figure it yeah, out. I was like, so much. Oh, my gosh, I have the cutest dog. A dog I know owner. you and dogs. Yeah. I'm fine. I'm fine with dogs. <laughs> Everybody listen, I'm not a dog hater. There's got to be a middle ground between never really having a desire to own a dog and maybe some slight irritation at the behavior dogs get away with and being a dog hater. Yeah. Does your next-door neighbor know you're a pagan? Does your next-door neighbor know that you're a witch? No. How do you think he would like that? I don't think he would care. Really? Yeah, he's so open-minded, but he—he he just like, I'm gonna believe what I believe. You can believe what you believe, and as long as we can sit and listen to good music together, I'm cool. That sounds good. Is there any? Is there any sort of pagan flag that you might be able to ask him? <laughs> no, not not that I know of. Jared just no. did a Google image search on the phrase "pagan flag," and the first thing that comes up is a black pentagram inside a rainbow circle. <laughs> do you think he would continue yeah, to hang your flag if you... Unite. If there was a pentagram on the flag, do you think that might... Where is this... Where is your redneck neighbor's limits? It hit a point where he's like, I don't know about this. Yeah, you're hanging up... I should, try. I should just hang up a different flag every month and see what... We have neighbors across the street that... Um, are really, I don't know what denomination of Christianity they are, but they have like signs in their front yard that they change every month that are different Bible verses, but it's like talking about like going to hell and like doing all, like they're scary signs. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, like they won't even say hi to me. And they're, I don't know, they're, they're something. Yeah. I don't think they would like it that much. It's funny. I've, uh, (laughs) And like you said before, as long as people can get along, believe what they believe. Yeah, that's great. And I've met, I've met some. I some. I feel like we might be treading on the line of rolling our eyes at religion. And I wanted to say I don't 
There's people I know who are very religious and they're amongst the best people I know. And then I yeah. think I think in any culture, it's the people who take things too far. I'm sure there's pagans who take things to an extreme where you're like, guys, yeah. uh, can we cool it with the paganism a little bit? Just like- Well, there's a lot of stuff that came out like saying that a bunch of pagans and covens are coming together to hex Trump and Brett Kavanaugh. And that was like the articles like that were floating around Facebook and people were sharing them like, yeah, do this. And I was like, why? No, that's not the whole point of like paganism and witchcraft. Like, why are you hexing people? Stop it. (laughs) And don't come out and say that you're putting a bad name for this religion. Like, Sometimes that's another thing with the social media, right? It's like you forget, like you're in a bubble with the people who agree with you, who understand what you're saying, but it's like, you might also, you know, there's people who keeping an eye on this, who are looking for the thing that's going to serve as a counterpoint, who might want to say the pagan feminists are trying to put actual witchcraft curses on us. And maybe that could be easily manipulated and misconstrued if we uh, aren't a little crafty about how we present that yeah this world we live in now you've told us about 2018 in review 2019 what are you excited for oh i'm excited okay so in 2019 i'm planning on proposing to my partner whoa Pretty fun, yeah. Now, does your partner? Now, I'll also say too, you're starting to sound like you're physically farther away from the phone than you used to be. I don't know if that's something that you know the source of. Nope. You, oh, that's fair. Staying in the same spot. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> How are you? I was like, I'm your, at work now, so they're moving pallets right <laughs> outside my room, so okay. that might be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think they're done. Now, does your partner listen to this show? We have to make sure your partner doesn't catch wind of this show. Oh, my gosh. Okay, even if she did, this is like, okay, so I was planning on proposing on New Year's Eve because New Year's Eve a couple years ago was, like, the first night we kissed and then, like, all this stuff, like, is and her parents got engaged on New Year's Eve and she's, like, very follow in the footsteps and, like, very traditional and stuff. And I was planning, like, this huge elaborate thing and – she just like looked at me and she's like, are you planning on proposing? And I was just like, what? Like, what are you, what are you talking about? And she was like, you can't. And I was like, why? And she's like, I would say no until it's this date. So she set a date. So she already knew. And I was like, well, why? And then we had a, we had a deeper conversation and she wants me to meet one of her aunts, um, like actually physically meet them. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm because she's like very close to her family, but she had an aunt who passed away who was her godmother. And since she passed away, she looked at her other aunt as her godmother. And um, I haven't physically met her yet. And she was like, it's just very important to me that you meet her before we get married, because I guess her cousin, so her aunt's son got married um, this past summer and his wife, like, she didn't get to meet his wife before they got married. And she was kind of upset because the families have been so close. Yeah. So she was like, I, I just need you to meet everyone before we even do okay. that. So like, even okay. if she, if, if your partner does hear this, this is not, the cat's not out of the bag. No, okay. no. Yeah. I already bought a ring and everything. And Ooh. Like, yeah. She was like, how do you know my ring size? Cause like, 
she was telling me, she was like, oh, yeah, and I don't like this kind, and I don't want a diamond, and I don't want this, I just want a black band, and I blah, blah, blah. And I was like, how do you know I already, like, I didn't already buy it? She was like, well, did you? And I was like, I don't know. Well, how do you know my ring size? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, um, it, I, it, I guess. But really, she was watching football, and I was like, oh, my ring doesn't really fit me anymore. And I just put it on every single one of her fingers and then just went down from there. <laughs> Nice. So I did kind of get but. smart, smart, <laughs> she was distracted. distracted by football. Yeah. Was we she sitting with your neighbor, uh, her and the neighbor sitting on the couch in the man cave, watching football, firing off bows and arrows. You sneak no, the ring we were, on there. We were up in Michigan. So I was like, oh, I think my fingers are swelling. My, my ring's not sitting as, like it used to. Now, when you when you get married, do you plan on having a pagan wedding? If so, will your partner's Polish Catholic grandfather's brain explode out of his head? So we would be doing like a hand fasting ceremony, which is technically like, and all pagans do this differently. Like I know some people who are going to be in the comment section being like, that's not how it's done. Um, but the way I've always been taught is that the hand fasting ceremony is technically your engagement period. So from that moment, you're then going to get married a year and a day after that. So, like, after the hand-fasting ceremony, that's, like, your engagement. And then a year and a day after, you'll be, you'll have an actual wedding. So the hand-fasting is my portion of it. And then I'm letting her do whatever she wants for the actual wedding. Okay. Yeah. And hand hand fasting. I'm not familiar. We only have five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's a ceremony that is done by a priestess um, or a priest in the, uh, it could be like Wiccan or pagan community. And it's just like a ceremony just saying that you're going to be with this person and they take a red cord um, and wrap it around your hands and just bond you together really. And it's just like a ceremony saying that, oh, now you're together until you don't want to be anymore. So it's not like legally binding. It's just like, oh, you're together until you don't want to be. And then you do a similar ceremony. Like if you decide that you don't want to be with that person anymore, you do a similar ceremony to be unbound. Okay. Yeah. Nice and simple there. And how did you decide to be the one to propose? Uh, that's another thing. She also, I think that's why she got upset. She's like, are you going to propose? Because she wants to do it. Uh-huh. And she wasn't planned yet. Yeah. So um, I was like, well, I always wanted to do it. And you always talk about getting married, but you never mention anything about like actually proposing. So I was just going to do it. I feel like if you look at us, I am definitely the more feminine person in the relationship and she's more masculine but personality wise i am definitely more masculine and she is more feminine Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um yeah so i was just like i don't know i just felt like i was the one that would propose but we decided that we would probably just both propose at different times okay okay and we both have that moment and you're mid twenties, relatively young by modern standards, but you're sure you're ready mm-hmm. to settle down, one partner for life, good to go. Yep. Nice. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Get that. Get that. So a monogamous queer pagan feminist tile maker. 
Yeah. There's a chance there you would have said, oh, no, we're living the poly lifestyle. And I would have been able to say poly. Just added a whole, <laughs> whole list of things here. Okay. Okay. Uh, that has come up in conversation before, but I think it's just a joking thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To my knowledge at the moment, I think it's just uh-huh. joking. Okay. We'd always joke about like, oh, like, if you could have a threesome with anybody, who would it be? And just like random people on television shows or whatever. So a potentially, so I'm talking to a potentially poly, <laughs> definitely queer, absolutely pagan, unapologetically feminist tile maker. That's who I'm talking yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Love it. I wonder, uh, wonder if my, you gotta, like, let's say I'm remodeling my kitchen, which I'll never do again because it was a nightmare when I did it. Oh my gosh, I'm currently remodeling the whole house as like for the while my partner's in Michigan for Christmas stuff. It's terrible. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Let's say I'm going to do a backsplash. What yes. fe- knowing my personality through the show to the degree that you do. Mm-hmm. What feminist iconography do you think would be appropriate for me with a kitchen backsplash? Ooh. You're talking Ruth Bader Ginsburg up on my backsplash. Oh, that would be dope in like different colors because I I feel like you need something that pops. Maybe like, kind di- of like an Andy Warhol esque. Mm. Yeah, like a pixelated With Ruth Bader style. Ginsburg. Yeah, maybe different representations of the uh, the neck of the the jewelry she wears when it's time to write a descent, the descent collar. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That'd uh-huh. be cool. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> I love it. We got one minute left. Oh man, what's your New Year's resolution this year? Mine's pretty cheesy, but it's from the heart. Be, All right, be a good dad. Oh, congratulations! Thanks. I need everybody to keep sending good thoughts my way. That everybody that it goes well and everybody's healthy. But I tell you, what. People keep asking me, you've always been so open about your anxiety. You must be so nervous. You must be so scared. And I keep telling them the honest answer is all I am is so fucking excited. Sorry, Sal. Can't wait to meet this little guy. Can't wait. I'm so excited. Yeah, seems fun. Seems like it could be a really good adventure. Aw, well, I'm happy for you. Thanks. I'm happy for you. I hope this proposal goes off without a hitch. I hope the hand fasting is uh, everything you want it to be. I hope you grow all the herbs that you need for the wedding to go smoothly. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I, I guess I want to just say to everybody out there listening as we wrap up, I hope everybody has a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever holiday you celebrate. And remember, kids... Satanism gets a bad rap. <laughs> Caller, thanks again for calling. Great to talk to you. What a fun way to end the year. Fun conversation. Thank you so much. Thanks to everybody for listening. I mean it so sincerely. It's been a great, great year talking with you guys. A lot of ups and downs in this year for me. And uh, Beautiful Anonymous was the one constant that just remained endlessly joyful. So thank you for that. 
Thank you to Jared O'Connell for putting this show on your back, for traveling all over the goddamn world to make this thing happen. What a great, great thing to uh, spend the year putting out this bad boy with you. I'll carry your underwear back from any country on the globe, Jared. Thank you to Harry Nelson for uh, being one of the brains who helps make this thing get out there and move. And Justin Linville, you're a great friend. It's a great thing to work with you. I'm lucky to have you in my life. Shell Shag, you're wonderful. Thank you for the music. You want to know about me when I'm doing shows? ChrisGeth.com. Buy a ticket. Come out and say hi. If you want to help Beautiful Anonymous, here's one way you can do it. You go to Apple Podcasts, you rate, review, subscribe. It really helps when you do. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next year on Beautiful Anonymous. Palm is back and available on Verizon. Palm is a small practical companion device that syncs with your existing smartphone, so all your info is seamlessly connected. Palm isn't a replacement for your smartphone, but it has all the same mobility and capability, allowing you to leave your smartphone behind so you can focus on what's in front of you. Go to palm.com to learn more. That's P-A-L-M.com. And run to your nearest Verizon store to check out Palm for yourself. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, it's New Year's, baby, so we're talking to as many of you guys as we possibly can. Yeah, I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm doing pretty decently, and I want to take it to the next level with some writing. Um, And my second resolution is a little different. I would like to get my sex drive back, and I'm going to do whatever I need to take to get that back. Wow. (laughs) All right. Oh, yeah, those two are pretty different from each other. So you're getting back in the no game. Kidding. You're gonna know, creative writing yep. and creative when it comes to sexual satisfaction. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Both are important, and I think uh, I think 2019's the year. That sounds great. I wish Maybe. you well, I wish you luck with the writing and the sex. <laughs> That's next time on Beautiful Anonymous.